0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show Following the success of The Lone Ranger and The Green Hornet On Detroit's WXYZ The station owner George W. Trendle wanted to develop a similar adventure show with a dog as the hero. According to staffer Dick Osgood in his History of the Station, Trendle insisted it not be a dog like Lassie because this must be an action story. It had to be a working dog. The program was an adventure series about Sergeant Frank Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police and his lead sled dog, Yukon King, and they fought evildoers in the northern wilderness during the gold rush of the 1890s. The serial began on radio in 1938 and continued through 1947. Tonight's episode is called Man in the Fur Cap. (laughs)
2: Lever Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap with the exclusive super creamed blend presents
3: Our Friend, Swan, with my friend
2: Irma. (laughs) Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just perfect friendship. When
4: other friendships have been forgot, theirs will still be hot. hot.
3: with Irma Peterson is a great education. You never know what you're going to learn next. For instance, the other evening when I came home, Irma had rolled up our carpet and placed it on the bed. So, naturally, I said, honey, why did you put the rug on the bed? And Irma said, I read that a carpet wears longer if it has a nap. (laughs) So, I said pleasant dreams to you both. You see, I understand Irma because she takes everything literally. For instance, someone told her a man's home is his castle. So when she and Al get married, she wants an apartment with a drawbridge. (laughs) But then right now, I'm much too happy to worry about Irma's shortcomings because on this lovely Saturday morning, little Jane Stacy got herself a raise. So I'm going to celebrate by taking Irma to a matinee this afternoon. She should be at a desk in Mr. Clyde's office. Milton J. Clyde, attorney at law, whom shall I say is speaking? (laughs) Honey, honey, it's me. It's me, Jane. Oh, hello, Jane. Jane, you sound tired, sweetie. What's the matter? I've been typing all morning. My feet are killing me. (laughs) I don't understand. Well, you know that bell that rings when you get to the end of a line? Well, I keep thinking there's someone at the door. <laughs> I've been getting up every ten minutes. Yeah. All right, honey, I'll take it up with the Remington we <laughs> Irma, I have good news for you. We're going to the theater this afternoon to celebrate because Richard just gave me a raise. Oh, Jane, I'm so happy for you. See, I can't understand why Mr. Clyde doesn't give me a raise. Well, honey, maybe it's because your spelling is so bad. Oh, my spelling is getting better. Remember how I used to spell Philadelphia with an F? <laughs> yeah, I remember. But I know that's wrong. It's P-H-F.
5: <laughs>
3: you know, Irma, it isn't only a secretary's work that gets a girl a raise. It's learning to, to anticipate the boss's needs. You know, seeing that he gets the things he wants most. Oh, but that won't get me a raise, Jane. Why won't it? Mr. Clyde always says what he wants most is a new secretary. (laughs) No, honey. What I mean is, well, now take the things that I do for Richard, for instance. When he hasn't got time for his personal shopping, I try to help him. I buy his cigars and handkerchiefs, and once in a while I get him a necktie. Can't you think of anything Mr. Clyde needs? Well, I, I think he likes some eyeglasses because every time he talks to me, he wants to know if I'm all there. <laughs> oh, Irma.
6: Um,
7: uh, Miss Peterson, I'm waiting to give you dictation. Will you please get off
3: the phone and come in? Uh, what were you going to say, Jane? Irma, <laughs> um, uh, wasn't that Mr. Clyde's voice? Didn't he call you? Yes, but it's all right. I waved back at him. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie, you better find out what he wants. I'll be by for you at noon. We'll have lunch and then we'll go to the matinee. Miss
7: Peterson, how many times must I tell you that when I call you, I don't want you waving at me as if I were leaving on the Queen Mary?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Goodbye, Jane. I was just talking to Jane. You know, my roommate...
7: Miss Peterson, I'm trying to run an office around here. Law office, understand? And I insist on having cooperation. K-O-O-P-E-R-A-S-H-U-N. <laughs>
5: oh,
7: good heavens, now I'm spelling it the way you do. Just just get your notebook and come into my office right away.
3: All right. Uh, Mr. Clyde, have you noticed how much more efficient I'm getting?
7: Efficient? How?
3: You, you you only asked me to bring my notebook, but I was the one who thought to bring a pencil, too. (laughs)
7: Amazing. Now, listen, I'm going to dictate a letter that must be kept strictly confidential. I don't want it to get any further than this office. Understand?
3: Well, you can trust me. I'll put it with all the other letters you told me should never go any further than this office.
7: What do you mean? Haven't you been mailing those letters? Of
3: course. Of course not. I hid them all under the filing cabinet. What? Oh, no.
7: No. Oh, no. No.
3: Mr. Oh. Clyde, aren't you feeling well? Oh, no. 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 Well, in that case, I'll wait until tomorrow to ask you for a raise.
7: A raise?
3: Yes, I, I've been with you for a year, and I'm only getting $35 a week, and I, I, I don't think it's enough.
7: Miss Peterson, I think it's more than enough for what you do in this office.
3: Oh, that's because you never give me a chance. I try. I may not be the smartest girl, but I try. I know you're convinced that I'm an utter idiot, but please, if you'll just give me a chance to prove it. (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, let me help you. Let me do personal things for you. Uh, I'll get it, sir. Hello? Who? Hubert Tailoring? Uh, It's for you, Mr. Clyde.
7: Thank you, Miss Peterson. That'll be all for now. Yes, sir. Hello? Oh, hello, Hubert. What time will my tuxedo be ready? Not until five. Oh, that's no good. It's extremely urgent that I get it tonight because I'm addressing the Bar Association. Can you deliver it?
1: I can't.
7: Oh, that's bad. Well, I'll manage to have it picked up somehow. Thank you, Hubert. Goodbye. Miss Peterson, will you come in here for a minute, please? Yes,
3: sir. Yes, Mr. Clyde?
7: Miss Peterson, you have just gotten through telling me that you'd like to do personal little things for me. Well, this is your opportunity. I know it's Saturday afternoon and you're off, but I happen to be in the spot.
3: What is it, Mr. Clyde? I'll be happy to do anything. Miss
7: Peterson, please, you don't have to curtsy. Just listen. I want you to take this $135 and go over to Hubert's Tailoring on Park Avenue and pick up my suit for me. Yes, sir. It'll be ready at 5 o'clock. I need it to wear when I'm addressing the Bar Association tonight. Now, bring it to me at the Athletic Club. Now, have you got that straight? Yes. Good. What did I say?
3: You want me to pick you up at the Athletic Club at 5 o'clock and take you to a bar?
7: (laughs) No. No, Miss Peterson. Just pick up my suit. Here's the money.
3: Oh, now I've got it straight. I'll, I'll pick up the suit at 5 o'clock and bring it to the athletic club.
7: Fine.
3: Um, Mr. Clyde, do you think I'm doing a... Uh, my doing a thing like this might help me get a raise?
7: We shall see. I've got to run along. Now, please don't let me down, Miss Peterson. Goodbye.
3: You can trust me. Gee, I better count the money. 10, 20, 40, 80, 100, 10, 10 hundred and thirty-five. Hi, honey. Oh, hello, Jane. Hey, where'd you get all that money? Well, I have to pick up Mr. Clyde's suit at the tailor's at five. Oh, gee, honey, you won't be able to go to the theater with me. Uh, I know, Jane, but this may lead to a raise. Yeah, that's right, honey, a job's a job. Uh, what play are you going to see? Streetcar named Desire. Well, I don't mind missing it so much. I think if you've seen one streetcar, you've seen them all. <laughs>
8: hello, Jane. Hiya, chicken.
3: Hi, Al. Hello, Al, honey.
8: Just dropped by to take you out to lunch. Oh, by the way, Jane, I just remembered I owe you two dollars. I'd like to pay you now if you can cash my unemployment check.
3: Yeah. All right, Al, I'll cash it. You.
8: Yeah, you it's all endorsed.
3: So I see. Al, what's the idea of that gold star next to your name?
8: Got it for never being late.
3: <laughs> well, chicken.
8: What are your plans for this afternoon?
3: Well, I was going to the theater with Jane, but I, I can't because I have to work.
8: On Saturday afternoon? Yes, Al. Well, don't worry, chicken. Your working days are only temporary. Pretty soon, little Al will look after you.
3: Oh, sure. <laughs> sure, just as soon as one of his deals comes through, like painting noodles gray and selling them for rubber bands. <laughs> Great provider. I'll see you tonight, Irma. Good night, Al.
8: Oh, you know, she's a little more snooty than usual today, Chicken. How come?
3: Well, she got a raise, Alan. I'm going to get one, too.
8: You are? What happened?
3: Well, Jane does personal things for Richard, and now I've got my chance to do personal things for Mr. Clyde. I'm picking up a suit for him at Hubert's, tailoring at five this afternoon.
8: Well, how'll that get you a raise?
3: Well, when you do little things like that for your boss, you're indispensable.
8: Chicken, that's the wrong approach. A messenger boy does the same thing. That man is treating you like you're nothing. Running errands will get you no place. It's the personal touch that counts.
3: Personal touch? Well, that's what Jane said, but but that's what I'm doing. No,
8: no, chicken. Knew a fella named Sam. Worked for a big corporation. Was getting nowhere. Then Sam decided to use the personal touch. And one morning, he started coming in and slapping the boss on the back. Well, gradually, the boss's back started caving in. Before you knew it, Sam was head of the company.
3: <laughs> but, but, Al, this is an important errand... After all, Mr. Clyde entrusted me with $135 to pay for the suit.
8: Chicken, I repeat what you're doing a messenger boy could do. But we can change this entire thing into a golden opportunity for you. How? Oh. Have seen the type of suit your boss wears. Nothing. No class. Got it. We'll show you how to get in real good with your boss. You not only get him a better suit, but you also save him money. Then he'll know that you're not only a great secretary, but also have a shrewd mind.
3: But, Al, do you think I can fool him like that?
8: Only with my help.
3: Well, what do you suggest, Al, honey?
8: Do not go to Hubert's. We'll spend the afternoon shopping and pick up a real bargain.
3: Alice, suit has to be extra special because he's going to wear it when he speaks before the Bar Association tonight. Chicken know just what he needs for the Bar
8: Association. No one has had as many lawyers around him as I have. <laughs> Leave it to me. When I'm finished with your boss, you will be starting on a new career.
3: Oh, Al, you're a darling. You know, sometimes I feel so empty inside and then you put ideas in my head and it feels solid again. I home from seeing a streetcar named Desire. Since everything here looks quite normal, I know that Irma hasn't been here yet. <laughs> you see, Irma uses a code to let me know what she's doing. For instance, if I come home and I find a cup of coffee and a pair of shoes on the pillow, that's let me know she couldn't sleep because she had coffee, so she's gone for a walk. <laughs> Hello?
4: Hello.
7: Is Irma Peterson there?
3: No, she's not. This is Jane Stacy, her roommate. Who's this?
7: This is Mr. Clyde.
3: Oh, yes, Mr. Clyde. Uh, what can I do for you? Miss
7: Stacy, do you know where Irma is?
3: No. The, the last I saw of her, she was going to pick up a suit for you.
7: Well, it's five o'clock, and I just called Hubert, and she hasn't picked it up yet.
3: Oh, well, I'm quite sure she will.
7: Well, I hope so, because I'm in a steam bath now, and I set my other suit of clothes to be cleaned. And I cannot address the bar
3: association with the proper dignity in my shorts. You understand? Well, Mr. Clyde, if Irma said she'd pick up your suit, her word is as good as gold. Goodbye. And this explains why they've devaluated the franc. Oh, where on earth could Irma be? Irma.
5: Irma. Irma.
3: Al, it's five o'clock and we still don't have a suit for Mr. Clyde. Uh, Maybe we ought to pick it up at Hubert's.
8: Chicken, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I've saved the best for the last. This is a place they tell me is real classy. Let's go in. Yes, and uh, what can I do for you?
3: Uh, We'd like to see some suits.
8: Certainly for your husband.
3: No, my husband and I aren't married yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is for someone else. Uh,
8: all right, now, Now, uh, what did you have in mind? Could you describe the gentleman?
3: Yes, he has gray hair, belongs to the Bar Association, and he's married. Do you think he ought to have pleats?
8: Please, chicken. Mm-hmm. Madam, let us start all over again. Can you tell me what size the gentleman wears?
3: Uh, what size do you wear?
8: I'm a thirty-eight.
3: Well, I'm a 12. Mr. Clyde is built more like you. Of course, if he'd be built like me, he'd be Mrs. Clyde. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Madam, there are other customers waiting. Uh, chicken, let me handle it. See, I'll have to take the initiative myself. Uh, friend, have you got a suit, something like the one I've got on? Oh, yes, I remember that particular model. It was very popular during the Charleston craze. <laughs> Well, admit it ain't society brand, yet it's in great demand with a particular scent. Notice it's very snug, yet an ace will go up the sleeve without touching the lining.
5: <laughs> please,
8: please, I-, I wish you'd decide that. There are other customers waiting. Wait a minute. See the one we need. That brown herringbone with the triangular checks. What are you asking for? A hundred dollars. What are you taking for it? Fifty. Sold for thirty-five. <laughs> Thank you. I'll wrap it up. <laughs>
7: Miss Stacy, this is Mr. Clyde.
3: Oh, Mr. Clyde, I haven't heard from Irma, but I'm sure she'll be at the athletic club with the suit any minute now. Miss
7: Stacy, it may be too late. The suit probably won't fit me. I've been in the steam bath for so long, I think I've lost 20 pounds.
3: (laughs) Oh, Mr. Clyde, please have patience. Sit tight. Sit tight? I can't. I've already been fricasseed, barbecued,
1: and (laughs) sautéed. How much steam can a man take?
3: Oh, well, I don't mean to be personal, Mr. Clyde, but why don't you get a massage? I've already had three!
7: It's not a question of keeping him trim, it's a question of getting out of here. I've got to make that speech tonight.
3: Yes. Well, if anything develops, I assure you that you'll be the first one we'll get in touch with.
7: Please hurry. I've been in this bath so long, I may do my entire speech in Turkish.
3: (laughs) Oh, mother, where is that Irma? Oh, there you are, Irma. Your boss is in a steam bath at the athletic club waiting for you to bring the suit from Hubert's. You take it over there immediately. Oh, but, Jane, we bought him a different suit and saved him money. Oh, it's so cute. Here, I'll show you. I'll put on the jacket. Well, how do you like it? Irma, I can only say one thing. You may think that's a man's jacket, but you look like you walked past the Waldorfer story and the canopy fell on you. <laughs> but, Jane, it's herringbone. Al, I've seen herringbone, but this is the first time I've ever seen it filleted. (laughs) And for your further information, Mr. Clyde happens to be waiting for a tuxedo. Huh? Tuxedo? Oh, Al, then we... Oh, then he won't look right in those knickers. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, if the two of you know what's good for you You'll get on that phone and call Hubert's And grab a cab and pick up the suit that Mr. Clyde ordered
8: You took the words right out of my mouth Will do
3: Oh, Irma Tell me something How can you let Al talk you into things like this? But I want to save Mr. Clyde money I, I wanted to do personal things for him Honey, he wants to address the Bar Association tonight He couldn't wear this suit on Halloween Hello? 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 All you've said hello enough, start talking.
8: Looks like we're in trouble, Chicken. There's no answer. Hubert's must be closed.
3: Oh, well, of course it's closed. It's after 5.30. I'll get it. Hello?
7: Hello. Is this Irma Peterson?
3: Yes. Yeah.
7: This is Mr. Clyde.
3: I'm sorry. This phone is temporarily out of order. I'll report it. Goodbye. <laughs> Oh no, Irma, Irma, now you're through and you'll lose your job But gee, we're only trying to save him money Sweetie, if you don't get him his suit or a reasonable facsimile, you'll be in real trouble Now let's think But all the stores are closed I know, I know Chicken,
8: when you're under pressure like this, there's only one man who can help us Oh,
3: Al, that's ridiculous Who, Al?
8: Who else but... Hello, Joe? Al, got a problem must have a tuxedo. What do you mean it's easy? Don't you know all the stores are closed? Oh, with you, that's no problem.
3: Now, hold it, Al. You're not stealing a tuxedo. Just
8: feeling the man out. Look, Joe, must have a tuxedo, if only for the night. Do you have one? Oh, you loaned yours to Honest Louis. Yeah, but I thought... Oh, no, Joe, we can't dig him up just for that. <laughs>
3: Talking to Joe let, let, Let's let rent a tux Thanks, huh?
8: Joe But must check
3: other angles. So on Oh, dear Now, let me think Where can we get a tuxedo At this time of night? Irma, I, ju- I just Can't understand you Now, oh. uh, don't pick on me, Jane I admit I'm not perfect Oh, honey When you say you're not perfect It's like Jesse James Admitting he's not a choir boy <laughs> Oh, Irma That poor man is waiting Your job is right Out of the window If we don't get him a tuxedo Come in
8: only me, Professor (laughs) Kropotkin.
7: Hello, Jamie and Irma, my two little daffodils. One a little dilly, one a little daffy.
3: (laughs) Professor, you're wearing a tuxedo.
7: Certainly. On Saturday nights at the Gypsy Tea Room, it's strictly formal. We even leave the
0: tails on the fish. (laughs) Why do you ask?
3: Well, I was supposed to pick up a tuxedo for my boss, and there was a little mistake, and the place is closed, and I may lose my job.
8: Got an idea. Professor, could you loan us your tux just for tonight? It'll sure help chicken. Oh,
3: Al, we can't ask the professor for his tuxedo. He needs it for his work. No, no,
7: please, Jimmy. I'm the better judge of that. My little Irma's in trouble. I must help her. So if it helps Irma, she can have the tuxedo. So I don't go to work tonight. After all, money isn't everything. What kind of a stupid thing is that?
3: Yeah, but, but your job, professor. Oh, who
7: cares? It... After all, am I indispensable? So someone else will read fortune. Someone else will wash dishes. Someone else will wait on table. Someone else will play the violin. Someone else will wash the floor. Someone else. You know something? I'll be glad for the vacation. I've been working too hard. <laughs>
3: That's just wonderful of you, Professor. It may save Irma's job. Gee, Professor, I I sure appreciate it.
2: Anything for you, my darling. Al, come upstairs. You'll excuse the expression to my room. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the tuxedo off and you
7: can take it to Irma's boss. Okay. Okay.
3: Wait a minute. The professor's a much thinner man than Mr. Clyde. Not anymore. Mr. Clyde's been in that steam room too long. (laughs) Well, Irma and I had dinner and we washed the dishes. I tried to explain to her that she shouldn't go to the movies with Al and be completely at ease because I have a feeling that her career at Milton J. Clyde's office is near an end. After all, even if the professor's tuxedo saved the night, Irma will be a dead pigeon on the following day. So I tactfully suggested that Irma resign before she's fired. So now she's writing her letter of resignation. Jane, how does this sound? Uh, Dear Mr. Clyde, inasmuch as I don't expect to be with you much longer because we don't see eye to eye, I would like to ask a favor of you. If anyone ever asks for a reference on me, please remember you're describing a lady and don't say anything. Uh (laughs) Regards, your ex-secretary, Irma Peterson. Come
7: in. Good evening, Miss Peterson. I was in the neighborhood, so I decided to drop in and tell you something.
3: Now, 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 just a minute, Mr. Clyde. There's no need to be sarcastic. Irma's realized her mistake and she's ready to resign and... And I won't let you abuse her.
7: Abuse her? I've come here to give her a raise. A raise? What do you mean? That tuxedo you gave me. I was making my speech before the Bar Association, and it was getting duller by the minute. They were all falling asleep on me. I was mortified. Suddenly I raised my hand to make an emphatic gesture, and the shirt front lit up and said, Fortune's red 50 cents. <laughs> Well, from then on, I was the hit of the party. <laughs> and believe me, any secretary who can anticipate her boss's predicaments is certainly worth more than 35 dollars a week.
3: Oh Mr. Cry, do you mean you're going to give me a raise?
7: Yes, what do you think you're worth?
3: Well, uh, I'm getting 35 dollars a week now. I think I'm at least at least worth a hundred a month. Oh Mother <laughs> From yeah. Kentucky yeah. 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 fact that Irma's in good again with her boss, I warned her never to pry into his personal life again. This time, she's taking my advice seriously. In fact, the other day, Mr. Clyde tripped and knocked himself unconscious. And I said, well, honey, why didn't you throw water on him? And Irma said, well, if buying a suit is too personal, certainly giving him a bath is worse. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, when you get an answer that's all wet like that one, it's bound to come from my friend Irma ee ee
2: and Irma presented by Swan, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, listen again to...
3: Our friend, Swan, with my friend,
1: Irma.
2: friend Irma stars Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. The part of Professor Kropotkin was played by Hans Conried. Frank Bingman speaking. next week, one hour earlier, and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, immediately followed by My Friend Irma. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Stay
1: tuned for The Jack Benny Show, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for the Jack Benny Show.
9: The Lucky Strike program, starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly Don Wilson. Gentlemen, for the past two weeks, Jack Benny and his troop have been in New York. So now let's pick them up on the Super Chief en route to Los Angeles. Mary and Jack are playing a game of gin rumble.
10: Hmm. You sure are lucky, Mary. I play better gin than you do, and yet you always win.
6: Well, it's your own fault, Jack. You don't concentrate on the cards.
10: I do, too. Now let's see. I know you have three nines, three queens, and a six, seven, and eight of hearts. I know you can't use this card Here Here's the deuce of spades Gin <laughs> Gin, let me see your hand
6: There you are Three eighths, four kings, and three deuces
10: Wait a minute, where are those two nines you picked up?
6: That was yesterday <laughs> no. Well,
10: go ahead and deal the cards again Yeah, i never played in such bad luck in all my life.
4: Hey, Jackson, you got a corkscrew?
10: Here you are, Phil.
4: Thanks.
10: (laughs) See, I hope I have better luck with this hand than I...
6: Pick up your card. Okay.
10: I hope I... Hmm. Hmm.
6: Jack, pick up your last card. Whoop.
10: Oh, boy, what a hand this is. Mary, I'm warning you. Any card you throw, I can use. Go ahead, throw one.
6: It's your turn first.
10: Oh, yes.
6: Here. Gin. (laughs) Jack! Jack, it wasn't my fault. Stop pulling my hair.
10: Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. I didn't mean to get so excited. Well, that's enough gin rummy for me. What do I owe you?
6: $5.20.
10: All right, I'll pay you tomorrow.
6: Oh... Jack, you always say that. Why don't you pay up as soon
10: as you lose? Because it's so inconvenient.
6: I don't care. Take off your shoe and pay me. <laughs> All
10: right, I'll pay you. I'll pay you. Turn around.
6: Turn around? Just for going to go and you take your shoe off?
10: The fives are pinned to my underwear. <laughs> Here's your money. Thanks. You're welcome. You know, Mary, you're the luckiest person. Hey, Jackson,
7: you got a bottle opener?
4: Here you are,
10: Phil.
7: Thanks.
10: As I was saying, Mary, you're the luckiest person I've ever seen.
6: Oh, I'm not lucky. You just don't know how to play gin rummy.
10: Oh, I don't, eh? Well, I'll tell you what. You won $5 for me. I'll play you one more hand, double or nothing.
6: All right.
10: And we'll use this other deck. I'll shuffle them and shuffle them good. Okay. Show you.
6: Uh, if they're shuffled enough, Mr. Benny, I'll deal.
10: Wait till I cut them, sister. There. Go ahead and deal.
6: Just a minute.
10: You don't have to roll up your sleeves. I trust you.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
10: Go ahead and deal. This time, Mary, I'll show you that you can't be lucky all the time. There's a law of averages, you know.
6: Okay, pick up your card. I got him, I
10: got him. Well, this is more like it. Now, let's see. This card I don't need. Here.
6: I don't want that one. I'll pick. Here, I'll give you this one.
10: Oh, boy, right in the middle. I go down with six.
6: Well, you caught me this time. I'm stuck with 24 points.
10: Good, good. Where's the pencil?
6: Put your cards down first.
10: There. Now, let's see. Six from 24, that gives me... Oh,
6: wait a minute. I can put the seven and eight on your heart run.
10: Where? Oh, yeah.
6: Ah, oh, but that still leaves me with nine.
10: You're darn right. Six from nine gives me... Oh,
6: wait a minute. I can play my deuce on your three deuces.
10: Where? 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 Where?
6: Where? <laughs> where, 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 where. <laughs> right there.
10: Oh yeah, but you're still stuck with seven, and six from seven gives me. Wh- oh,
6: hello, kids.
10: Oh hey Don, I just clipped Mary.
6: Oh stop bragging, I only got stuck with this seven of clubs. Seven of clubs? Well
10: Mary,
9: why don't you put it on these four, five, six?
6: Oh yes. What? That leaves me with nothing You lose
1: (laughs) Don
10: Don Yes, Jack Every year you're voted as radio's best announcer, aren't you? Well, yes, Jack Well, it shouldn't be hard for you to get another job (laughs) Now get out of here Oh, don't be such a sore loser
6: He's right what time do we get to Los Angeles, Don? 8.45 tomorrow morning.
10: Gosh, another night on the train.
8: Hey, Jackson, you got any extra
9: glasses in there?
10: <laughs> yes, there are three of them over there. Thanks.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Say, Jack, I'm a little hungry. How about sandwiches?
10: All right, Mary, I'll go to the diner and get some. I'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. Let's see, the diner's down this way. You imagine charging 95 cents for a sandwich. Do you hear that whistle so down the line? I reckon that it's engine number 99. All those prices that you have to pay on the adjacent Topeka and the state.
5: <laughs>
10: I see, the diner must I be... beg your
11: pardon, mister. Yeah? Could you tell me which way the engine is? The engine?
10: <laughs> oh, yes, you're going in the wrong direction. It's the other way. Why do you want to know?
11: I'm the
4: engineer. <laughs>
10: The engineer! Hey! <laughs> yeah, I hope we find you before we reach Los Angeles. It'll be the first time I ever went to Catalina by rail. <laughs> now, let's see. The diner should be in this next car.
9: Well, from what you told me, Rochester,
10: I don't see how Mr. Benny got along without you. Uh-oh. There's Rochester in the washroom talking to one of the porters. I got to listen to this.
4: Uh, Anything yeah. else you want to know, Roy?
10: Yeah, besides writing Mr. Benny's radio show. What else you do
9: for him?
4: Well, I'm his publicity agent, manager, and last but not least, his personal advisor.
9: Oh, well, are you going to let Mr. Benny go on television?
4: Well, we'll be happy to discuss any audio offers.
9: Well, why did you say that so loud? I want people to hear.
4: We ain't had any yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir,
9: Mr. Benny won't do a thing without my approval. Right, sir. Another thing I've been wanting to ask you. Uh, how old is Mr. Benny? Thirty-nine? Thirty-nine? Boy, I thought that was just a joke on the radio.
4: Well, in the vernacular, we people in show business,
9: that is known as a running gag. Well, uh, uh, how long has it been running?
4: Two years longer than the to be in Santa
9: Rochester!
4: Uh-oh!
10: Is that Mr. Benny? It ain't your home! <laughs> Rochester, I don't like you discussing my private affairs. Yes, sir. Now, will you please go to the diner and get some ham sandwiches for me and Miss Livingston?
4: Boss, would you mind making that cheese? Why? I just told Roy I was your personal advisor. <laughs>
10: all right, all right. Just get the sandwiches. Yes. And take that sign off your back. I'm not considering television until next year. I think he'd know better than to talk about me in front of strangers. Let's see. No, oh, here's Mary's compartment.
6: It took you a long time. Where are the sandwiches?
10: I sent Rochester. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hey, kid, I haven't seen you all day. What have you been doing?
11: Oh, I was in the club car looking out the window, counting the telephone poles. I wanted to see if my mother was right. What? Well, she says there are 119,726 poles between Kansas City and Albuquerque. <laughs>
10: well, how would your mother know? She dug the holes for them. <laughs> Why do I ask them? Why do
6: I ask them? <laughs> Say, Jack, would you like to play a little more gin rummy till the sandwiches get here?
10: Well, all right, Mary. Move over, Don. Keep your mouth shut. Okay.
9: Oh, <laughs> well, uh, by the way, Jack, I haven't seen your riders since we left New York. Are they on this train?
10: No, they took another one.
6: Well, why don't you have them come with us? Are you ashamed of them?
10: Ashamed of them? Of course not. My four riders are very famous. Three of them have their pictures in the Brown Derby, and the other has his in the post office.
6: Oh, yes. Dead or alive, Sam. (laughs) Yeah.
10: Mendel's got a private room. Say, this is a pretty good hand you dealt me.
6: Hey, Mr. Benny, why
11: don't you put those two kings together?
10: Be quiet. You're giving my whole hand away. And anyway, they're queens.
11: See, if she'd just throw you the seven of spades, you could go right down. Dennis!
10: Let's see. I'll give you this one, Mary. The eight of hearts.
6: I'll take it. And here's the three of diamonds.
10: I don't need it. I'll pick. Oh, that's a view. Now, let's see. What'll I give you?
11: Give her the end
6: card.
10: No, no, no. I'll give her this one. Here. I'll take it. Hmm.
6: Here, Jack, I'll give you this one.
10: I don't need it. I'll pick. Now, let's see. Give her the end card. No, you saw what she picked. I'll give her this one.
11: Oh, no, 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 not that card. Give her the end card.
6: <laughs> well,
10: maybe you're right. She did pick up those other two. Here, Mary.
6: Gin.
11: <laughs> Dana.
10: I guess I've only got one show now. <laughs> Look Ed, Why don't you go back to the club car and count telephone poles?
11: No, I got to practice my song for Sunday's broadcast. So I'll see you later.
6: Uh, what song are you going to do this Sunday, Dennis?
11: The dream is a wish your heart makes from Walt Disney's new picture Cinderella. Would you like to hear it? Yes, yeah, sing it. Do anything. Just let me play. Deal. Okay.
6: that was wonderful. Thank
10: you, Mary. It was great, kid, but when you do it on the show... Now, listen, Dennis, sing it a little faster because we're kind of tight for time. Okay. Now, go ahead, Mary. It's, it's your draw. Hey, Jackson. <laughs> what? You got a couple aspirin? <laughs> you finally got yourself a little headache, eh? Well, don't expect any sympathy from me, Phil.
6: Gin. No, thanks, Mary.
4: I've had all I... (laughs) Phil! Gin sometimes can mean something else.
10: (laughs) Mary, look, this hand doesn't count because I wasn't watching now, deal the cards again. Come in. <laughs> telegram from Mr. Harris. Oh, I'll take it, Porter. Here, this is for you.
4: Mmm,
9: a dollar. Thank you, Mr. Harris.
10: Well, go ahead and read it, Phil. What does it say in the dollar? In the telegram.
6: <laughs>
10: go ahead, Phil, read it. Let's see. Uh...
12: Oh,
4: no.
6: Well, who's it from, Phil? The
4: boys in my band. What does it say? Hurry home, we're in again.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: well,
5: look,
10: i better send them a wire, tell them when I'm going to arrive. See you later, huh?
6: Well, come on, Jack. Let's finish our game of gin.
10: No, no, Mary. I'm going out to look for Rochester and see what's taking him so long with the sandwiches.
6: Okay, and hurry back. I'm starved.
10: Okay, Mary da <laughs> this bum 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 da trip has been exciting all the mississippi the grand canyon a dollar tip <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs>
10: oh wow well. oh there's a cute little baby do you mind if I hold him madam?
6: no no not at all Hello, baby.
5: Ah,
10: oh, look at him. He's so cute, and his eyes are the same color as mine—Lake Louise blue. How old is he, lady?
6: Thirty-nine.
10: What? Weeks. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, lady, yesterday when you were in the diner, I came through here and I played with him.
5: <laughs>
10: Didn't I, baby?
5: Oh,
10: <laughs> well, He's luckier than Mary. Here, take him back, lady. You have a lovely child. Thanks. You'll find five dollars he won pinned to his diaper <laughs> And what a little doll that baby is Excuse me Oh, it's you, Jack I was just going up to the diner Oh Well, Don, I sent Rochester up there for some sandwiches If you see him, hurry him up, will you? All right, I will Oh, Don, before you go, there's something I've got to tell you. The most amazing thing happened a little while ago. What is it, Jack? What happened? Well, I was in Mary's compartment with Phil when the porter brought him a telegram. Yeah? And Phil gave him a dollar tip. Well, what about it? What about it? Don, he gave him a dollar tip. A dollar just for bringing him a telegram. He didn't press his suit or anything.
9: <laughs> Jack, there's nothing unusual about that.
10: You mean that
9: you... Certainly, certainly, all the time.
10: God.
9: Jack, in these times when you're in a hotel or on a train and people do a personal service for you, it's customary to give them a dollar tip.
0: It is?
10: Yes, and you might as well get used to it. I will not. (laughs) And you go on to the diner. I'll see you later. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Jack. I just remembered something. I've, I've got a surprise for you. A
9: surprise? Yes. Step right over here to Compartment 8. Yeah. Hey,
10: wonder what the... Right here? Yeah, yeah. Open the door. Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> well, the Sportsman Quartet. Hello, fellas.
9: What are they doing on the train? Oh, they got on at Albuquerque. They've been there all
10: week on a personal appearance. Well, then I'm glad the boys are with us and that they'll be on the show Sunday. Are they happy that they're going home? You know, back to Los Angeles? Ooh, are they? (laughs) (laughs) Listen to this, Jack. We love those dear hearts
4: and gentle people Who live in our hometown So it may shower most any hour They'll never, ever let you drown. They read Luella from Friday to Monday. In fact, the whole week through. We may have fog, smog, or sun on Sunday. It makes no difference. No one's blue. We feel so welcome at Hollywood and by Love to eat inside that derby they call brown. The grey of time. Anywhere when the smudge box was you never feel the heat Someone who knows and you will see There ain't a rough pop. It's fine tobacco So light nice and
10: that was great it'll be wonderful on the show well Don I think I'll go back and play a little more gin with Mary and then have the birth made up and go to sleep I'm going to turn in early too okay Don see you later I'll soon be back home in California yay. and I'll pay my income tax when I get there and if I have to I'll play my fiddle in the middle of old Pershing Square well, about another hour of gin, and I'll go to bed.
12: Oh, boy, this
10: berth feels good. Nice to be able to stretch you out.
9: Yeah, but stop stretching over to my side, will you, Jack? <laughs> Sorry, Don. I don't know why you insist on traveling like this. These berths are only built for one. John, you know
10: as well as I do, it's hard to get accommodations on the super cheap. We're lucky we're in here.
9: I suppose so. Anyway, I'm too cramped to argue.
10: All right, then drop it.
9: You don't have to get huffy about it, you know.
10: Look, I'm not getting huffy.
11: Hey, fellas, be quiet. How do you expect me to sleep here between you two? <laughs>
10: Sorry, Dennis. Good night, Don.
11: There he goes, Don. Every night it's the same thing, snoring and mumbling.
9: Ah, don't worry, kid. We'll be home tomorrow. Oh. <laughs>
11: I'd like to punch him right in the nose.
10: Hey,
5: shut up. <laughs>
11: Can't go to
9: sleep. Well, Dennis, why don't you try counting sheep?
11: Counting sheep? Yeah. Well, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. No, that's a sheep dog. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, ten. Jim.
10: Mary. Here we are, home at last. Can I brush you off, Miss Livingston?
6: Yes, please. Thank you.
10: Uh, Can I brush you off,
9: Mr. Day? Yes, please. Thank you. Brush you off, Mr. Wilson. Please.
10: Now, Don, Don, if you'll turn around, he can brush your back. Never mind. Uh, brush you off, Mr. Benny? Yes, please. Thank you, Porter.
0: Here.
10: Uh, I'm sorry. I don't have change for that dollar, Mr. Benny. I don't want change. Keep it. This dollar is for you. Come on, Mary. I love those dear hearts and gentle people. She is
6: to be home, isn't she? Jack? Yeah.
10: Let's go over here to the cab stand.
6: Extra, Extra, get your paper here, Extra, read all about it. Jack
5: said he tips Porter a dollar.
10: See, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would be in the papers, but how did they get it so soon? <laughs> Come on, Mary, everybody's staring at me.
5: Train meeting on
4: track five for Anaheim, Azosa and go.
10: Oh, boy, even he sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, the American Heart Association has set a goal of $6 million to be used for research, for education, and for community service. Heart disease is our greatest challenge because it takes more lives than any other illness and causes tremendous disability.
9: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, won't you please help support the 1950 Heart campaign? Send your contributions to Jack Benny, Box 500,
10: New York City. Well, Rochester, here we are at home. The house looks good, doesn't it? Sure does, boss. I'm going upstairs, take a shower, a shave, and get cleaned up.
4: Okay, boss, and while you're doing that, I'll unpack your bag.
10: Oh, no, Rochester, don't touch those bags. Why not? Soon as I get cleaned up, I got to rush back to the railroad station. For what? I got to catch a train. I'm going back to Washington for the White House Photographer's Ball.
4: Boss, that don't make sense. If you're going right back to Washington, why'd you come all the way home from New York?
10: I told you to take a shower. There's a water shortage there. <laughs> Have a cab here in 15 minutes. Good night, Claudette. <laughs>
9: contributions to the 1950 heart campaign to Jack Benny, Box 500, New York City. And be sure to hear Dennis Day in the day and the life of Dennis Day. Stay tuned to the famous show, which follows immediately.
5: This is CBS
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dimension X, followed by Father Knows Best. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.